Don't make me turn this podcast around. You're listening to the Reno Dads podcast. We're dads talking about dad stuff. We're doing the dad thing in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. But we're talking about things that all dads and parents can relate to. We'll share fatherly war stories, discuss manly things, and even get into the tender moments of fatherhood. We want you to be a part of the conversation, so join us and listen in. Oh, and be warned, dad jokes ahead. Okay, and welcome to the next episode of the Reno Dads podcast. I'm Jonathan Salkoff, the host of the show. I've got a couple of great guests this week. Um, one of the other Reno Dads who's been a contributor for, how long have you been with us, Luigi? Uh, since the beginning. Oh, yeah. All right. So Luigi Iupu is here, and we have a guest, uh, Jess Nahan, from the uh, Girl Scouts of Sierra Nevada. So we're going to talk about Girl Scouts. They brought cookies, which is a really dangerous thing. Um, we're not going to eat them on the on the show, but speak um, for yourself, John. So yeah, right. So Luigi, what's your um, so tell me? I know you've been uh, we've been talking about it a little bit, but tell me a little bit about what your involvement is with the with the Girl Scouts here. So with the Girl Scouts, uh, I know I know you have a daughter, um, but she is a senior in high school. So for the longest time, I was the default father with uh, young girls. Yeah. So that's kind of where. Um, my participation with Girl Scouts came into play. Uh, I met Amber, who works at uh, Girl Scouts of Sierra Nevada, and she recruited me to be a, uh, the sole male member on the board. Oh, so I, I I didn't realize we only had one male member on the board. Okay, so that's good. So so now Jess, you are tell me about your your role with the the Girl Scouts now. Sure. So I'm the director of mission delivery for Girl Scouts of the Sierra Nevada. And what that means is I oversee a team of folks who are professional Girl Scouts, and we do the hard work of delivering programs and training and member services to our members all across Northern Nevada and Northeastern California. Um, so Luigi's here in his awesome Man Enough to Be a Girl Scout shirt. Uh, we are in the Man business of to be a Girl Scout, yeah. getting parents and community members and folks who care about girl leadership in our community to, to join on board with Girl Scouts. That's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, obviously the big sort of campaign that's starting up, I guess, soon is the cookie drive so how does that work i mean everybody gets hit up for buying cookies right so like i've seen everything from online stuff to like in the office like you know with arm twisting so like how does that work how does that work for us well so i did bring cookies but that doesn't mean i have an inside <laughs> scoop or you know line on uh, what i would call a, an addictive schedule on substance um but the, the pre-sales ha have hit so uh, my neighbor uh, has two Girl Scouts, so every year she hits me up, and I bought a case of Thin Mints, and that hopefully will last me throughout the year, but uh, I'm already on my second box, and uh, I just picked them up yesterday. But for anyone who didn't pre-order them, they do hit the uh, grocery stores on the 22nd. Oh, okay. Yeah, this will probably be out around that time when, when, when this podcast will probably publish right around then. So are the girls still going door-to-door -door anymore? Is that something they do, or how does that work? Yeah, so there's a little bit of everything, really. The cookie season runs from about the beginning of the year in January through March. And it gives girls an opportunity to really try different methods of sales and reaching customers different ways. So they do direct sales to friends and family in January. Cookies just landed February 14th here in Reno with a, our big cookie mega drop. 
and uh, girls are now going and delivering orders and doing their kind of door-to-door wagon sales and then starting February 22nd is when you'll see the booth sales and they also can sell online now with uh, digital cookie which is pretty cool finally getting the cookie sale into the 21st century with online orders and we're seeing some really great success there with girls doing incredible email marketing for cookie sales email marketing yep. okay I, I have not been uh, added to any lists yet that I'm aware <laughs> of so I'll see what happens I know that uh, I have some friends with uh, with kids and and about how big is the campaign? Like how many, like how much money do you expect to raise? I mean, is it sort of a, I mean, do you have goals in mind and how do, you know, how does that sort of play out? Sure. So every girl and every Girl Scout troop sets those goals for themselves. They talk together and they decide what's their big goal for the year, what thing do they want to do. And they have that really great conversation about, okay, how much money does it cost to go to the Sacramento Zoo or to go to Disneyland? Um, they get the pro- get to be part of that process of budgeting and figuring out, okay, we need to sell X number of cookies. That's however many boxes per girl. Uh, so it's pretty incredible to hear some of these goals in the thousands for many girls. So impressive. Th- they get um, rewarded for reaching certain sort of levels? Yeah, we have a really fun recognition program. So uh, the main incentive right is the cookie money that goes directly to girl scout troops that they use to fund their experiences then we also have a fun recognition program where they can do things like earn girl scout bucks to go to camp uh, or go to some of our cool science technology engineering and math programs they uh, there's also programmatic incentives so uh, this year one of the top prizes is a trip to san francisco for the girls an overnight experience Um, so there's definitely big things that girls are really reaching for and planning for every year and remind me, how, how many girls are we talking about again? I know you um, you have a pretty large group. We do. So we have over 4,500 Girl Scouts all across our area. That's all of northern Nevada okay. and the northeastern Sierras um, in ca- on the California side. Okay. And how many here in Reno, roughly, do you know? About half that membership oh, okay. is, is right here locally. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how many, I mean, does it sort of break down into different size, like groups, right? So how many of, I mean, how many of the Troops. Troops. Sure. Yeah, we have uh, more than three hundred troops. Oh wow. Oh wow. Okay. And in, in each one of those is a, I mean, how many people? Usually? It could be anywhere from five to upwards of thirty. Um, oh, okay. But I would say our average size is about ten. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what what's your daughter done um, lately? And are you still that? Are you still sort of participating, or what's going on with that? So I am actually the only Girl Scout in my household right now. Um, oh, no. The reason for that is just because of my the parenting style that I like to kind of adhere to in terms of trying to expose our daughters to as many experiences as they possibly can get. Um, and I definitely exposed her to Girl Scouts and everything that um, revolves around that. And the main reason I was trying to push Girl Scouts, uh, well, I mean, besides the the stacks of research about what all the girls you just wanted access to cookies (laughs) i mean yes there is a selfish side to me that i just wanted access to the cookies so i could pre-order myself and stop funding my neighbors but um no so i I exposed her to to the girl scout she was actually um the girl scouts were at the brown elementary like fair so she got to hear it from somebody else which Mm -hmm. was great um but ultimately she did decide that she wanted to do piano and dance and gymnastics and some other things and time just doesn't allow for all of it. So um, we'll shoot for another time. But the biggest thing that I really like about the Girl Scouts is the the badge program. Right. Right. So how does that work exactly? I know. I mean, I've heard about it and I've seen, you know, sort of stories about it. But it's they, they have a, a set of, of badges that they can earn for different activities. Yeah, absolutely. So girls have an opportunity to earn hundreds of badges over their time in Girl Scouts. What's really cool is we're a girl-led program. So we really pride ourselves on girl leadership. And even as young as five and six years old, giving girls those opportunities to choose what they want to do. So they don't come and join a Girl Scout troop and they don't have a set curriculum of we're going to earn these badges over the course of the year. 
we get to talk about it and figure out what the girls are interested in and what do they want to explore. And one of the things I really love about Girl Scouts, and Lee Ju's example is perfect, of sometimes that troop setting is not the right fit, or and kids are so busy now. There's so many opportunities of sports and other extracurriculars that girls can be a Girl Scout just by going to camp over the course of the summer. Um, and, okay. and that's the way that their Girl Scout experience works for them. So um, we really love that flexibility with the program, too. We really love the troop model. We push it. But if that doesn't work for your family, that's okay. And there's other ways to be a sure. Girl Scout. And then so all of this leads to, and I, I think you mentioned we you know, we chatted before we got together on today. But what are some of the things? I mean, badges, I think the program is pretty wide, right? It goes, it goes into lots of different skills. So what are some things that, you know, girls, you know, scouts are learning, you know, from a badge perspective? Yeah, so we have four primary focus areas in Girl Scouts that go into our national program portfolio that includes badges and our journey awards and other uh, great things that girls are working towards. And it's uh, entrepreneurship, life skills development, the outdoors, and STEM. And we are super excited about STEM right now. We've had a lot of new badge content being released over the past couple of years um, in, in areas like robotics, mechanical engineering. We have space science badges that actually our local Girl Scouts have had an opportunity to pilot test and oh, be wow. involved in that research, which is pretty cool. Um, cybersecurity. So there's some really incredible badges that girls are earning, again, as young as five and six years old, all the way up to 12th grade. And, and typically, how long does it take to earn a badge? I mean, I mean, I know it's probably pretty wide you know, for a range of time, but like yeah. for some of these more advanced bad badges, like a STEM badge, how long does that typically take? Sure. So those are set up typically with the newer STEM badges to be earned in about three or four meetings. So mm, okay. um, over the course of a month would be pretty average for okay. uh, for a Girl Scout troop to work through and earn that badge together. And do they all, I mean, are they individual badges too, or are they, uh, do they work for the team troop? Yeah, so I would say most troops work together to earn mm -hmm. their badges. They We really think that cooperative learning is super important. There's a lot of group work involved in them. But one of the cool things about the program is that if there's something you're really interested in that your troop isn't, you can pick that up and with a supportive adult mentor, earn a badge yourself. Awesome. Yeah, the, the biggest thing about the badge program that really excites me is the whole positive reinforcement of it. Because going back to, like, my daughter, she goes to um, one of the local elementary schools, and they do bear claws. So what that looks like, every time she's caught doing good behavior, she gets a bear claw. It could be from the principal. It could be she's gotten from the janitor. If, you know, if she's being quiet in line, the janitor walks by, she can hand out bear claws. So they add up. It's a currency. They, it's a barter system. So um, a lot of the older kids, they go to the office, and they actually buy things, you know, something tangible. Uh, so far, my daughter, she's um, a kindergartner, so she's only been there for about half the school year. She's earned enough to do lunch with the teacher twice, wow. and that's been the prize that she chose. Mm -hmm. So that's why I really thought the Girl Scouts would be a nice fit for her because I'm like, you do this, you get a badge, you even get a nice sash to put it on. Right. Like, it's all just positive reinforcement, sure. and it just goes well with, with her. The girls are super proud of their badges. Yeah. Next time you're out in the community and you see those girls at the cookie booth, ask to see their badges and their uniforms because some of them are so overflowing. They have to like sew extra fabric right. onto right. the bottom of their uh, vests and their and their sashes because they're earning so many of those badges, which is really impressive. Those are skills that they're building. How does it all kind of tie together? I mean, all of the badges and all of the work sort of, you know, they sort of, is it a progression that they work towards? Absolutely. So our program has progression throughout. So if a girl is really interested in... Uh, outdoor skills, you know, at the daisy level at five and six years old, she's working on some of those basic things like knot tying. Maybe at the brownie level, she's doing fire building and some of those pieces. And by the end of it, she's doing advanced outdoor skills. And um, we see that through all of our different Girl Scout pieces. But ultimately, we're building skills, we're building leadership, 
courage, confidence, and character. So by that time that they're in the, those advanced ages and the high school age levels, uh, they're having opportunities to do things like work on the Girl Scout Gold Award, which is the highest honor in Girl Scouting. Uh, it's 80 hours or more of a project that has sustainability, that has community impact, incredibly impressive projects from those young women. And those are things that girls are putting on their resumes, that they're sure. putting on college applications. Do you have good, I mean, what's a good example of one? I, I know you, sh- you showed me the brochure, but I'd love sure. to yeah, hear some more about We had an incredible project last year from a local Girl Scout named Max, and she actually developed and designed, fabricated a tool in partnership with the Forest Service. Um, I believe it was Forest Service, not BLM, one of those entities, um, to be able to replant plant life that had been damaged from wildfires in the Washoe Valley area. So she actually created and fabricated this tool that there are now dozens of that she had had built with the funds that she raised um, and then gave to uh, the Forest Service to be able to help with replanting. And it essentially saves people from having to bend over and plant directly in the ground. Um, they can do it from a standing position. Oh, no it really way. speeds That's up the process. Cool. Wow. How amazing is that yeah. project coming yeah. from a high school senior? Do you have any um, like famous alumni out of this, like any of these areas? Do you know of anybody? That's a good like question. I, I meant to ask you about that. I'm not sure. Yeah, we, we, we should probably look that one up. I'd love to know. I mean, because you hear about, like, scouting, obviously, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, I think the national campaign will usually pick, you know, pick a few people who have been scouts in the past, and you get to see Absolutely. some of the, yeah, I'd love to hear about, like, somebody from the local, like, the local chapter that you, you know, you're familiar with here. Yeah, yeah, I'm not familiar with yeah. any. I'm not sure. need to find out. There's some great stats on, you know, every female astronaut has been a Girl Scout. Is that's that right? It's a huge percentage yeah. of women um, in Congress or Girl Scouts. So there's definitely some impressive alumni. I'm sure we Yeah, we I'll bet. Some, I'll bet. And um, so you mentioned camp, and I um, I have a personal sort of, tr- you know, I sort of love about summer camp. So I want to hear all about that personally because, you know, I've, I spent a lot of time summer camp as a kid. My son went to the summer camp that I went to back east, and, you know, we just love summer camp, and we did for a little while have a startup around that. So uh, I'm sort of really into that. Tell me, I guess I was curious um, to know more about that program, and I know that the brochure is out and everything is, like, you know, sort of set for for the summer schedule, and you're trying to, you know, build a camp full of, you know, eager campers. Absolutely. So our camp is open for registration. It's Camp La C2. We love it, and we're super proud of the programs that happen there. It is very much a rustic, high-mountain camp. We're up in the uh, Sierra Nevada mountains, just near Sierra City, California, right off the Pacific Crest Trail. And girls come. They stay for a week or longer. Uh, We have one-week sessions and 13-day sessions as well. Uh And they get to do lots of traditional summer camp stuff, like archery. We do uh, boating, stand-up paddleboarding. We have a swimming pool on our site, um, but we really take advantage of our location as well. And there's lots of high adventure mountain-based programs, lots of hiking experiences, um, and we take advantage of stuff that's nearby as well, like zip lining um, and exploring all of the lakes that are around. So mm-hmm. they get lots of that high adventure experience, but we really love summer camp for the, for the character that it builds, for the leadership it builds, and the friendships as well. Oh, absolutely. So tell me, how does the, how do you, um, so are, you have obviously counselors, and how, how does that staff, do you kind of get former scouts to help out? I mean, how does that work? Sure. So we hire about 30 seasonal staff members that join us, and they are an entire week before we bring kids on site. They're getting lots of training and things like homesickness and things like um, camper ages and development and some of those important things to be able to handle stuff that comes up when kids are away from home for the first time in some cases. Uh, they're often former Girl Scouts, um, education-minded folks, sometimes teachers who are on break 
for the summer or um, young women mostly who are working towards degrees in education or in social work or things like that. Do you um, have as a well lot of international staff? Oh yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So where do you where do you find those folks? All over the place. Um, yeah. Some sometimes men, uh, uh. usually women, that come from all over the all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, often we have a pretty good representation of the UK, mm -hmm. uh, Australia, New Zealand are pretty popular countries. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and how many uh, would you say or percentage are like first time campers that show up there? Do you have oh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say, I don't know if I have a an exact stat for you. Mm -hmm. We serve about. 550-ish campers over the course of the summer, yeah. um, and many of them are yeah. are returning campers. Oh, cool. Yeah, I just think, um, I remember, you know, when I first went to camp, and then my son, you know, when they kind of dropped him off, and he was excited, but also I think that, that you know, that serves as a bit of a nervous oh, yes, yeah. you know, to go away. I mean, for, for a lot of kids, if they go to their first winter camp, it's, you know, they might be 10 years old, and it's just sort of first time that they're sleeping away from home for an extended period anyway. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, we have the really special experience now. We Camp Wasu in its current location has been around for 30 years. We celebrated our 30th anniversary last year. And so we're starting to see to some of that uh, those family relationships build too, where we worked really hard to get in touch with our alumni last year and we wanted to hear stories and about their memories of camp. And now that we're in touch with them, they're telling us all the great things about, oh, I'm sending my kid to your camp now. And I'm oh, so excited awesome. for them yeah. to experience that. And that's so special. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I know family camp and the camps that I know back east that I'm you know kind of closest with they've been running you know for generations yeah and so we have you know second generation and so forth and that's really cool um so what are the uh, one of the things of course I mean we're the Reno dads so one of the things that we wanted to talk about is how dads can get involved in the Girl Scouts right obviously Luigi you're involved because you're sort of in this you know sort of position on the board but like what are you know like guys who want to be sort of actively involved as dads. I mean, I know that that's part of what our mission is here at Reno Dads. Um, how do they help, you know, sort of get, what's the best way to do that with the Girl Scouts? Yeah, absolutely. So um, breaking down some common misconceptions about Girl Scouts for sure is that men can be Girl Scout troop leaders. Uh, we talk a lot about the value of a girl-only environment, um, what it means to be girl-led, and why that single gender education and experiences are so important. But that really does apply specifically to the girls. It's important for them to be around their peers in a girl-only environment, to be able to feel more comfortable taking on risks, taking on challenges. But the value of having men in those um, mentorship roles and in those leadership roles is so important. And I talk a lot to folks who are maybe a little bit hesitant about it to join on board, um, that really they could be the, the first male figure outside of their father or father figure at home who they're able to build a positive relationship mm -hmm. with. And that's incredibly powerful. Sure. Um, and dads bring a lot of unique stuff to the table too. Uh, we like to tell our volunteers that they don't have to know everything about everything to be a Girl Scout troop leader, that it's okay if they're not the expert in robotics or if they're not the sure. expert in fire building you were talking about, right? And that's somewhere if those are your skills and you're a troop dad and you want to come teach the troop those things and share your love of something with them, that's so powerful. And you might be that spark that starts something really exciting for a girl. So we really encourage involvement at the troop level uh, for, for dads and for parents in general. Um, and then we also have really cool opportunities at our summer camp. 
for dads to be involved. We have a family weekend every year. Uh, this year it's July 12th through 14th. Oh, and uh, there's a he and me session. So that's when a girl can bring her dad or a special male figure in her life and come for a weekend camp out. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's the, so the family camp, is that the whole family? So there's, yeah, two yeah. different, two different uh-huh. um, sessions that weekend. You can come with just your special guy or you can come with your whole family and experience camp. Oh, Lasso. cool. Awesome. Um, and then you mentioned, I think, um, when we were chatting before the cleanup day, right? The sort of get the yeah. camp ready day, right? That's early in June, right? It is. Yeah. It's the first weekend in June. Um, our camp, as I mentioned, is high up in the Sierra Nevadas and is currently buried under snow, just absolutely buried up to the windows at this point. Um, so we have lots of work that needs to be done every spring mm-hmm. uh, and early summer to be able to get camp ready for those 500 campers. So we have a work weekend in June and then again in September where we do the opposite and shut it back down. But we're always looking for folks to come out and help support that weekend and support summer camp. It's a great opportunity for families to come out. It's a great opportunity for groups mm-hmm. uh, to come, do some great hard work. We feed you really well. But then you also get to expose your family to Camp Wasu right. as well and have that really sort of special experience behind the scenes getting to see camp before it's ready. Yeah. Um, so a couple things about uh, – because I wanted to kind of um, shift gears a little bit towards the diversity and inclusion stuff. Yeah. What um, What's available for, like, scholarships and things like that for either, you know, I guess troop activities but more – I think more around the s- – camp itself, right? I mean, yeah. do you have some of those? Great question. So we are really proud of the fact that we break down lots of those types of barriers to be able to participate in Girl Scouts. So generally, it's an incredibly affordable program. It's sure. $25 per year, um, and we offer financial assistance for that basic membership. Um, after that, there's financial assistance available for programs, for uniforms, for the books. And at camp, we have camperships available that can cover, um, in some cases, up to the entire cost minus a $50 deposit mm-hmm. for camp. And it's all income-based. Um, okay. And so families are able to apply and um, get, get a package that makes sense for their income and what they're able to give okay. to support camp, which is really exciting. So, yeah, along those lines, what um, what's happening in the programs now that's sort of the outreach? I, I know we, yeah. we chatted about that before we came record but really interested in hearing how we're you know how you guys are reaching out to sort of certain maybe underrepresented um sort of absolutely folks i can start with that one if you want all right so in the blog post that i wrote you'll see that three dollars and 93 cents of every box of cookies that you buy goes back to the local troops so they can use that money to then fund their badge activities also that money then goes to the um gssn the girl scouts of sierra nevada who then can help with the outreach program and you know the underfunded underdeveloped um you know the the kids that really need it they, they can't afford the, they can't afford the time they can't afford uh the outfits they can't afford the badges or the activities cost money right so then this money goes straight towards that program and then i believe that most of those programs are led by i mean one of them i know is led by a gold uh, award winner but I think some other ones are as well. So, I mean, you can t- talk more about the outreach program. Yeah, absolutely. So this is something I'm really proud of. Uh, it's a near and dear to my heart. I used to work directly with the outreach program. Um, and we're serving over 2,000 girls a year at this point with our low-income, um, with our program that does outreach to low-income families and neighborhoods. Oh, wow. So these are girls who otherwise would not have an opportunity to participate in Girl Scouting. We know that there are a lot of barriers, especially in low-income and underserved communities, to volunteerism, which is our traditional model of volunteer troop leaders who take on a troop. But when families are single-parent households or when they're working multiple jobs, that time is pretty um, pretty rare to be able to support volunteer experiences like Girl Scouts, which is an intensive volunteer Absolutely. experience. Yeah. It requires commitment and um, a long-term commitment to be able to support a troop. Um, 
And so we serve over 2,000 girls with our outreach model, which in some cases is a troop meeting, just like any other Girl Scout troop meeting, uh, often led by paid staff, but sometimes volunteers who care deeply about the outreach program as well. And those are girls that are wearing uniforms, they're selling cookies, they go on trips, they earn badges. And we also have a series model as well, where we partner up with local organizations like the Boys and Girls Club, like um, the Reno Housing Authority to reach kids who, again, probably aren't getting exposed to Girl Scouts in another area. And we serve them from anywhere between eight and 16 weeks. Okay. And are, are all the troops, um, or most of the troops, sort of affiliated with like a school or like some other community sort of location? How do you guys, or I mean, does it matter? Uh, it doesn't matter necessarily, mm -hmm. but I would say most troops uh, are affiliated with schools or that's where families meet each other and they yeah. you know, are interested in getting girls from that area because they have similar schedules. But they can be affiliated with faith-based programs. They can be affiliated with sports teams or yeah. a day of the week that works really well and you're willing to drive. That works for us too. Right. Um, and so uh, the school is definitely one of the most common um, unifiers of a troop for sure. So what are um, like what are the big goals? I mean, I guess you know we want to reach out and talk to dads about this sort of thing, make sure that they know that there are programs out there for their daughters. I mean, we do a lot of stuff in the Reno Dads that we're really proud of. I mean, some of it is you know sort of fun, just fun stuff, but obviously these are like life skills that we want to sort of you know expose everybody who might need them. What um what are some of the goals that you guys have for the for the I guess for the whole region, or what are you trying to really achieve? I mean, aside from more cookie sales, which I'm staring at this box here, <laughs> I'm like, it shouldn't have a little bit. But anyway, so w like, what are like really what are you sort of trying to achieve? You know, is, are, do you have like sort of like a year long plan or a five year plan? Like, what's the sort of what's the goal here? Sure. So we are really um, at at our core always looking to be able to get more girls into Girl Scouting. Uh, it's it's a good problem to have that girls often want to want to join. We during back to school time often have a waiting list of girls who are just ready and waiting to be part of a Girl Scout troop, but we need volunteers. Uh, we need volunteers who are willing to be able to step up and be those troop leaders or be the troop dad that comes and, and teaches badges or helps support mm -hmm. experiences. Um, we want to be able to make sure that any girl who wants that opportunity has it. Uh, and so we, it's never too late. It's never the wrong time to join Girl Scouts as a girl. Same goes for volunteering. We have incredible support both with peer volunteers and also staff who help make sure that you have everything you need to be uh, ready to lead a Girl Scout troop and take on those 10 kiddos or however many it right. might be. Um, and we want girls to, to know that at any point they can join Girl Scouts. You don't have to wait for back to school time. Any right. times a year is a good time to join. And so how does somebody go about finding either the troop that they're looking for? I mean, I presume you have some like directories or like yeah. maybe the volunteer opportunities. I presume that's also available on the website. It is, yeah. So gssn.org mm -hmm. is where you'd want to go to find information about joining uh, as a member, about volunteering. It's also where you can find Girl Scout cookies. There's a Girl Scout cookie finder app. Um, and you can <laughs> I, I did link that by, in my Perfect. blog post. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> it's super handy. It'll show you when and where Girl Scouts are going to be out in your community at cookie booth sales. It's also where you'll find our camp guide and how to register for camp and other awesome programs that we mm -hmm. have going on. I mean, that's one thing I definitely learned when I joined the board is, one, what a board does. I didn't really know. Um, but also that it's not necessarily a mother-daughter thing. Right. Like, a father can lead a troop. It's just you have to get past your own insecurities. And, and I liken this in my blog post to I do this a lot where I'm the only father at a birthday party and you feel like an outcast for the longest time until finally the mom starts to embrace you. Like, they're like at first there's this like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, protecting their children kind of. And then they're like, wait, you're actually a father. You're here 
with your daughters you're interacting with them you're trying to be part of their lives let's embrace you and then at by the end of the party like you know the the wine's been opened and you know <laughs> the kids are having a good time and usually the party ends up spilling over so we, we need that type of father that's can get past their own pride or insecurities about um leading a troop right i know it comes with that yeah you know i i it's an interesting thing i mean this is sort of a little bit of a sidebar i mean i've run into this before in different troop parent organizations parent-led organizations and yeah i definitely have felt where i've been one of the only dads showing up um that you know there was sort of this mommy mocking i shouldn't say that out loud i'm sure the <laughs> real moms are going to be very upset when they hear this but they just tuned out so you're good to speak did, freely yeah. and how cool to be able to show your daughter right that you have an interest in what excites her because um, that validates it, right? That it's not just a girl thing or it's not Absolutely. something that you don't care about, but that yeah. you, you find her interest interesting too and yeah. supporting her in that way. And that's what a cool opportunity. And yeah. you don't necessarily have to have the time to lead a full troop. Like right. you said, you can just be a, the, the troop dad that comes in, like say you work for the BLM and your job is clearing hiking trails. So now you take the troop w with the, the moms and just take them on hikes. Now everyone gets their hiking badge. You get to teach them all about, mm -hmm. you know, Keeping the, the path clear, staying on the path, pack in, pack out, all, everything that comes that revolves right, around that. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I mean, it sounds, well, I mean, I mean, reputation precedes you, right? I mean, everybody has heard of the Girl Scouts. I mean, everybody knows how, um, what a great program and we're all, you know, what, the, the, what it means to make sure you're teaching your girls these skills. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to argue with that. It's really just getting the momentum and getting more, you know, sort of involvement. So, uh, we, you know, we're excited. I mean, we want to, like, I mean, this is, you know, something that we feel passionate about and at Reno Dads, and we love to find more, like, programs like this. And so that's why we, you know, we, at that point, it's like, will we be writing about it and then talking about it and then bringing you guys in to talk about it? So, well, I, I know I'm going to be looking forward to seeing the girls out um, in a couple of, uh, couple of days here. They're going to be out in force, I guess, pretty soon, like, out in front of the grocery stores and all the places. And I'm sure now I'll have a little bit more of an appreciation for, like, what, what efforts gone into it and then um you know i'm probably going to end up buying some cookies i guess <laughs> well thanks but for yeah. supporting <laughs> absolutely well thanks for coming in jess it was really interesting and, and luigi thanks for um bringing you know bringing this to uh, reno dads this is you know this is just great stuff and i know that there are a ton of dads and moms who are going to be really you know interested to hear um, more about this and then read more about it on the on the blog yeah i mean even the, any of the parents moms or dads that want to become a troop leader i mean they can reach out to myself or jess or just go to uh, Girl Scouts of Sierra Nevada, GSN, gssn.org, um, and, and apply. Yeah, awesome. And just know that they have support, too, because one of the biggest things that, that a lot of the troop leaders hear is that they have to become like a CPA when it comes to the cookie sales. But we actually have legitimate CPAs on the board who have developed Excel spreadsheets so that they can track their cookie sales for them. So it's not, it's not they don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like right. it's, The wheel's right. made. They just have to push it. Roger that. Okay. Well, thanks again, Jess. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Luigi. Thanks. You've been listening to the Reno Dads podcast on renodads.com. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Stop by renodads.com and click on Contact Us and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on our show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at renodads. And subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join us here for our next episode, and we'll see you online at renodads.com. <laughs>